Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Garza. It is November 17th and it is a beautiful, sunny, kind of chilly day. And we have some shows to talk about. The New Japan Pro Wrestling Best of the Super Juniors 27 and World Tag League 2020 combo has started. We had some impact uh Impact Plus specials during the weekend. And of course, we have our Impact Traffic Report to talk about. And while there were other shows that I really, really wanted to watch, I just didn't get to. Um, like before I want to start, like I I was thinking about covering the November 15 episode or episode or show from Stardom where Utami Hayashishita defeated Miyu Iwatani for the red title but unfortunately at least as of this morning when I tried checking for it the show was not up on Stardom World so I, I guess I will be covering that show later um, I did watch also the one for, for the 14th and I thought it was amazing but I didn't think it was like worth covering um, the only thing that I would really recommend is just a main event um, but other than that Let's get into to New Japan because, like I said, these two big tournaments have started. Uh, as I mentioned before, I can't imagine covering both tournaments because that is a lot of dates and a lot of wrestling. And realistically, I don't want to just cover all the, the podcast episodes covering uh, New Japan because there's other things going on. However, I did... Um, Consider the first show uh, worth watching, especially because the the first one was a combo between the two uh, tournaments. Uh, it is best of the Super Juniors like slash World Tag League, and and also because this show may give us a taste of what is to come in terms of the tournament, and that is the reason I really really wanted to watch this show, and so let, let, we can talk about it. Uh, this show took place on November the 15th uh, in Nagoya, Japan, Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium. Uh, we had a 10-match card, so you can imagine it was incredibly packed, not a lot of time to waste. Uh, it was just like boom, 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 match, match, match. Even the, the, the intermission, sorry, uh, the intermission was considerably shorter than usual uh at least in the previous shows when you had the intermission you usually had time to go make yourself some coffee and go to a restroom and this time it, it came the show came back really quick by the time i was done with my coffee uh bushy was already coming out i think it was but anyway like i said uh the main reason i, I watched the show was to get a taste of things to come so let's let's go through the matchups of the first show and let's see what we saw. So it all started with Chaos, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, and Toruyano versus the Bullet Club. Bad Luck Fale returning and Chase Owens. Uh, Chaos defeated the Bullet Club. This wasn't anything special. It was under six minutes. I, in my opinion, I thought it was kind of fun when it, because some parts of the match like was more of a brawl uh, in the ring. 
I there was just like the only story I guess that we can say was Jana trying to scoop slam Bad Luck Fale and then failing to do so. But um I I didn't see anything new in Fale. He looked the same. Uh Chase Owens he looks thinner, but he's still Chase Owens. Um and I do have to mention Fale was the one taking the loss, the pin. But it did involve Owens being used as extra weight, so I wouldn't like. I wouldn't see anything special into this because when it comes to Toriano, everyone is able to be pinned, even like Okada and, and whoever you know Tanahashi. So I wouldn't like look too much into Bad Luck Fale taking the pin here. Uh, but yeah, like Ishii and Yano looked. It was fun. Bullet Club looked kind of weak-ish. So I don't really see either of these teams going that far into the tournament. Uh, they're like, especially the Bullet Club, this team is probably just going to be there to take falls. And Ishii and Jano are going to have like the fun match of, of the day. Thanks to Jano and Ishii bringing out the brawl in whoever he fights. So nothing special. We had the first match of the Best of the Super Juniors. This was Master Wado defeating... Yuja Wemura. The the detail here is that Yuja was added to the tournament like a couple of days ago, uh, replacing Yoshinobu Kanemaru, who was injured prior to to the end of the road to like into the shows. So they they kind of hoped that he would be good to go for the tournament, but he's not. And so Wemura is taking his place. Um, I'm guessing Wemura is just going to take the loss for every single match. So don't expect anything other than he's probably going to look good against whoever he wrestles. He has a lot of potential. He had a, like a, a really short, decent match with Wato. Um, Wato is supposed to be learning new moves from Tensan. I didn't fully see it here. But then again, it wouldn't make sense for him to unleash the new moves against uh, Wemura. So we are probably going to see them later. I think Wato is... I don't think he's going to win the tournament, but I do see him going pretty far because at this point you have to establish him as a legit contender, just not necessarily the contender. Uh, then we went into maybe like one of the most surprising matches of the tournament, of the day, I guess. And this was The Empire, Great Okan. Uh, and Jeff Koff, who has been revealed to be X and who has turned heel and who has joined the Empire. And, and this was something that um, had been pretty much speculated and spoiled a, a couple of like almost a month ago when the Great Okan came back. Because that was he, like Jeff Koff was the original idea to be in the Great Okan's position. And so he's finally joined the team. And they defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toa Henare in under three minutes. Um, they they definitely wanted to to like make a statement that they are a big team. I personally saw the Empire come out, and I was sold. They have changed uh, Great Khan's look a little bit. He doesn't look like your. He's not wearing traditional Mongolian. Uh, clothing anymore 
he he lost the pants he's now wearing just like trunks black trunks he lost the the hat the coat well he has a different coat now but like he he looks better he now looks like a wrestler and and i i really really like that and and next to Cobb, they just look like two hosses and and when i see that team compared to many other teams in the tournament like they look impressive at least visually um just like a, a team of hosses and i i'm sold i i want to see how far they can go i i think that this is a good combo for them while osprey is the the singles leader in, in the stable the current stable and great O'Connor and cop can be the tag team and and that i think has a lot of potential so i am sold uh in that term and and they defeated like i said tanahashi and tohenare in another three minutes they uh cop hit the tour of the islands on Hinare for the win and at this point tanahashi had been taken out by okan with a dominator so he was outside the ring I, I i've heard people thinking that this is going to lead to a great okan versus tanahashi feud i i don't expect it <laughs> like um this is just to get okan and Cobb over as a strong team and they didn't they did it against Tanahashi and Hinare because let's be realistic. Tagging with with Tanahashi and Hinare, uh, they are likely gonna get a lot of losses because Hinare is not an established wrestler, and and so don't expect that team to be like top point makers. They are gonna get a lot of losses. It's like if you were teaming with a young lion for that for like that matter. Because if you look at the rest of the card, even Chase Owens has seniority over Toa Hinare. So a lot of people are going to think like, oh, man, how are they doing this to Tanahashi? Well, I mean, he is teaming with Toa Hinare. And that, that's it. That's the answer. It's not Tanahashi. It's Hinare. So not like nothing match, but I did enjoy the, the seeing the Empire, what the, what, what the product is going to be like. Next up, we have Robbie Eagles defeating Doki. This was... This was weird because it lasted 10 minutes and maybe it was, it was because the previous matches had been under like five or six minutes, but this one felt like they gave them 15 minutes, but um, it was pretty decent. I I came in thinking that it was just going to be like a showcase match for Eagles where he like shows off and does pretty stuff and that was it, but it actually ended up being a back and forward, like really tough match. Doki... In my opinion, looked fantastic. He he got a lot out of Robbie Eagles and vice versa. So this was like a sleeper good match of the show. It wasn't the best, but it was like a pretty decent, at, at least to this point where uh, two previous like the three previous matches had been one had comedy, one had Maserato, and the other one was a squash. So this came off as a really really strong. Uh, match i i went with like three three point five stars like nothing special but i thought it was way better than i i expected coming next up we had the dangerous techers sack saber jr and taichi defeating chaos hiroki goto and joshihashi i i was kind of surprised this was uh 
at this point of the of the show, I kind of figured that since this main event of the show not long ago, this was going to be the semi-main event. But I guess the semi does have a couple of returns and the previous champions. And and so it I guess it made sense for this to be here. Um, I love the match. It wasn't as good as the other one with 30 minutes. This was like 10 minutes only. So it obviously wasn't able to build so much. But I thought it was really good. It was just like a sprint. It was like a lot of action. I am Joshihashi is still still having like really good performances. Zack Saber is amazing. Taichi is amazing. Goto is doing pretty good work. He's solid. He's always solid. So I the the, the finish here was Saber rolling up Joshihashi while Taichi uh, held Goto, which kind of tells me that. They wanted the Techers to win, but not in a really strong way that would kill the chances of this team of chaos to chase the titles again. So there, there is a chance that that we may see these two teams face off again. I don't know how or where, uh, because I can't see Goto and Yoshihashi winning the tournament. And I wouldn't have the Techers win the tournament either. Um, but considering the past uh, with, with the World Tag League, I wouldn't be surprised if if Goto and Yoshihashi find themselves challenging for the titles at either night of, of the Wrestle Kingdom shows in either their singles match or in a three-way uh, Hopefully not. I mean, maybe in a singles match on on maybe night two. But uh, I I I got the impression that Goto and Yoshihashi are still going to be chasing. Uh, the next match was Cho defeating Bushi. I it I haven't seen anyone else think this. I thought that Cho just ran over Bushi. Uh I I don't know if it's me to be honest. Uh, Cause it felt like show was like like completely completely dominant, and that Bushi's uh, attacks felt more like reactionary or like desperation trying to to regain some comebacks, and and I may be wrong, but that that's how I felt. Um, nonetheless, I thought show put up a really really great performance. I think everyone is, is seeing as Takahashi's has to win the tournament because Wrestle Kingdom and because Takahashi but I, I wouldn't look I wouldn't like think that Cho doesn't have a, ch a chance I think he has a really really big chance at winning this uh, this tournament uh, because that I mean you can always do Takahashi's and and something else and like I said it's two days of the Wrestle Kingdom show so I think Cho has has a chance at winning the thing. He's he's someone that for the last two years everyone has been saying that Cho should win the best of the Super Juniors. Obviously, before you had Shingo's and Ospreys and, and Takahashi, so it was harder. But in, in this in this uh, field, I think Cho has a chance if Takahashi like takes a step aside. So we'll see. I mean. Likely Takahashi's gonna win and Cho's gonna be like just there, maybe on the finals. I don't know. 
But um, I, I thought Cho looked really, really good. Mm, the next match was for the World Tag League, and it was the Bullet Club, Evil, and Yuhiro Takahashi versus Los Ingobernables de Japón, Sanada, and Chingo Takagi. Uh, again, I may be in the minority here, but I thought that Evil and Yuhiro looked really good. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if it's a combination that Sanada and Evil work a slow pace, but it made Yuhiro look faster than usual. Maybe Yuhiro have his his work boots on. I don't know. I I don't trust that. But I thought uh that Yuhiro looked pretty decent. Uh, Chingo obviously was amazing, but he wasn't in the match that much. I don't know why. I am guessing that they may not want to like do a lot of Shingo and Evil in the ring because either they're saving that for later or because they don't want they don't want us to want Evil versus Chingo because Chingo is going to be heading into another direction since he is the never open with champion. So uh, we had a lot of Sanada versus Evil and a lot of Sanada versus Yuhiro. Obviously... Sanada and Evil have a long, long history, so they have developed some chemistry. And what they did seemed good. I I enjoyed it. And obviously, because it's Bullet Club, there was a lot of Dick Togo and a lot of like weapons and all that stuff. Um, but aside from that, I I thought the the action was pretty fun. I the the finish was kind of weak ish because it was Sanada just fighting against everyone. And evil got a low blow, and the, everything is evil. But I, I kind of understand it. I mean, Sanada has only one win over evil. He always loses to him, and the one win he has is like the important one. So I, I, I was okay with this going on like this, uh, like the, the ending. Um, I can't expect San. I can't expect either of this team to win the tournament. So. I I don't mind either of these teams losing at this point. Um to me it was more about seeing the 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 interaction between Evil and Sonata and Chingo versus Evil just to see like if there was hints of anything for the future. I still think that Sonata and Evil may be involved in some type of match at Wrestle Kingdom. Um but that's about it. I I mean for this suit I think Evil and Yuhiro are going to have like a really, really hard time with other teams. But at least with Chingo and Sonata, it was fun. I can imagine this Bullet Club team doing well against like either of the Chaos teams. Maybe the Techers. But I think that's about it. I think every other team is going to have a lot of trouble fighting these guys. Maybe the Empire, but maybe I doubt it because Cobb versus Yuhiro sucked ass. So it's hard to say. But anyway, the next match was Ryus Kataguchi defeating El Desperado. And I really, really liked this match. It it was I wouldn't say it was like main event Taguchi, but it was close to it. He, he did his like comedy early on, but like once. Um, they started to hit it home. I thought that the match was great. Desperado worked on Taguchi's leg pretty much from the get-go, um, chasing numero dos. And Taguchi uh, didn't actually work the leg. This time he, he was chasing the dom. 
pretty much also from the start and it was just a lot of like uh counters and submission attempts from desperado and then taguchi would go for the dome and desperado would counter or reverse or and and they pretty much went into this whole like a uh, reversal finish where taguchi went for the dome despi counter for a roll and then taguchi rolled again and got the pin it it was i'm mean, opinion great um it's not the best they can do but it was pretty good uh, i i think i went about maybe I, I think i went four stars with this match because i really really enjoyed it the only thing that was really like kind of putting me off sometimes was taguchi's selling because taguchi can sell seriously and he can sell comically and sometimes he was selling comically to spots that could have been more serious. Uh, but that was it. Like, it wasn't that bad. Um, I really, really enjoyed it, like I said. And next up, we had the final World Tag League 2020 match of the day. This was Finn Juice, the returning champions from last year. David Finley returning to New Japan or to Japan, I guess, because uh, he's been wrestling on on this, the Friday shows. Defeating the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga and Tangaloa. And at this point, you probably already heard that Tang Tamatonga uh, shaved his beard, cut his hair, and now he looks like a Boricua pop star. Um, handsome man, handsome. But the, the match was good uh a lot of action really really action-packed i i fought the gorillas of destiny or at least tamatonga was like way more um enthusiastic or motivated to work than previous years uh maybe it's because he hasn't been in japan like most of the year and he was craving that return but uh I don't know. I, I just felt like an energy coming from the Gorillas th this time around. Obviously, Finley also had some energy, and Juice Robinson is all energy. But uh, they they had a pretty decent decent match. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of work with tag team uh, maneuvers, like a lot of double team moves, where the Gorillas hit like. I think they hit, I, I counted two versions of the magic killer and like Finn Juice went for like a doomsday device, which they used to win. So like there was a lot of like double team uh, wrestling type of stuff. And, and overall it was good. Um, I, I guess it was the best tag team match of the night, but not that much better than Techers versus Chaos, which I I honestly thought that should have been the main, the semi-main of the of the night. But I mean, you can't go away with, you can't get away from from three returning guys. You know, it's it's a pretty big deal. And finally, the main event of the night was Hiromu Takahashi defeating the champion uh, Taiji Ishimori. Uh, this was actually a really really scary match. They Taiji worked uh Hiromu's neck and head, and he he got dropped on his head several times. None of them in particularly looked that bad, but 
you never know because Hiromu has a past uh, and sometimes it's the weaker sh like falls that, that fuck you up the most. But um, other than that, it was a good match. I, I do have some gripe with it. There was there was a spot where Ishimori hit a pile driver on the apron and it was brutal. It looked brutal. Uh, this should have been the, the turning point of the match where Ishimori now has control and, and works on, on Hiromu. But the way they followed up was like with two or three minutes of Takahashi still hitting like moves and doing pretty well. And maybe he was like starting to show signs of hurting, but he was still running like pretty strong, hitting big moves. And, and, and that's where I was like, dude, you just took like a hell of a power driver and you're hitting these moves. And it wasn't like until minutes later that Ishimori actually got the, the control of the match. And I just felt like this should have happened before, like when you hit the power driver. Um, so that was my only gripe with the match. The rest was great. At the end, Takahashi won uh, with a time bomb and just like straight in the middle of the ring. Um, this this could be a hint that Takahashi may not win the the tournament because he already has a pin over the champion. So at this point, if you want Shaw to win, and then Takahashi enters as a as a third to the match because he has a pin over the champion, I wouldn't be surprised because that that's happened before. So. I think it's a win, but not necessarily one that's going to cement uh, Takahashi as the the person likely to win the tournament. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, I gave this match also like a four, four, no, like a slightly bigger than a four, like a four and a half. Four, no, no, four and a half is too much. Like four, a quarter. Um, because it was good. Like I said, just scary. Um, because some spots like just were like all over the place. But that was the first show of both the Jupiter super junior the best of the super juniors and the world talk league um surprisingly enough before this thing started i had been saying that you know what like i may check out the best of the super juniors but i'm probably gonna miss the world talk league and and having seen this show only i feel more inclined to follow the world talk league than the best of the super juniors why because this best of the super juniors only has like there's talent all around. Like, don't get me wrong. Wemura, Wato, Eagles, Doki, Sho, Bushi, Taguchi, Desperado, Hiromu Takahashi, and Ishimori are all fantastic wrestlers. They're all going to have great performances. I'm pretty sure that every main event of every show is going to be worth checking out. And I may some of them, <clears throat> but I don't see any, like, I can't imagine any big developments is going to happen. I, I can't imagine any growth other than Wato is going to happen. Like, we are dealing with guys like Taguchi Desperado, uh, Bushi, who have been in the promotion for many, many years. We've seen them grow. They're already, like, in the older echelon of the division. So I can't really see a lot of growth. And, and so we're just going to be seeing work rate. And when it comes to work rate, like, I mean, you can see it, but it's, it's skippable. You can skip work rate. But 
the World Tech League is offering things that, that I think will show more development. I am really, really interested to see how the Empire perform as a team and to see if if Kov can help Okan grow and if Okan can help Kov look good, stuff like that. I obviously want to see how Hinare does. Uh, he, Hinare is someone who has been growing like in the last years. In my opinion, he's he's a good brawler, but his character is nothingness. He's a void of charisma, in my opinion. And so maybe teaming with Tanahashi can help him develop on that side. I, I think his wrestling is fantastic. I just... I just think he's like a potato when it comes to like talking as a charisma, you know? And so maybe he can learn something from Tanahashi. Obviously, uh, the techers are always fun to watch. Uh, it's I think it's worth checking out to see if the Gorillas of Destiny develop anything new. Um, and also to see if they, like what happens when the Gorillas go against evil in particular. Uh, obviously, Chingo Takagi is fantastic. So, I think the World Tag League offers more things worth watching than just work rate, and and so I maybe I may be more inclined to to follow the World Tag League closely. I can't imagine I'm gonna watch the shows. Uh, like I said, there's just so much stuff going on right now, but I will follow closely to see. To see what what's worth watching and, and what developments happen, um, but yeah, but that's uh that's New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, right now. Uh, I I it does seem like this is just gonna be the the end of their year. They're gonna like follow through, and that's gonna be the close. Uh, I did see the calendar that there's a bunch of dates for the Road to Wrestle Kingdom. I think they count about eight or nine shows. I mean that's. That's way in the future. We don't have to worry about that. But um, this does seem to be like the final uh, tour worth worth paying attention to of the year. And I think that's going to be it for Japan. Like I said, I wanted to cover Stardom, but uh, I just couldn't get the show on time. And... There has been like some shows from DDT. There was like a big, big Japan pro rest, big Japan <laughs> uh, show, but uh, I didn't really think it was like worth covering all of them. Uh, a lot of it didn't really do much. Like the only when it comes to news, I guess we can mention that Eruption has lost the, the six man titles to. To the team of Hirata and Akito and the other guy whose name is escaping my head right now, but it's really, really funny. <laughs> and but that was it. And then like on DDT, I mean on Dragon Gate with Dead Sea, Chun Skywalker defeat Eita for the title. So that is promising. I've dreaded watching Dragon Gate with Eita as a champion. And with Chun Skywalker, I may be more inclined. I just want to see like guys like Ben K and Shun Skywalker win. So I I may check out some shows, especially because we are heading into they they also have some big shows coming up. But uh, 
the other i guess big ish show that i watched this weekend uh, is impact turning point but i guess before that let's just call it the impact traffic report welcome everyone to impact wrestling so it was november 14 that turning point took place um this was an impact plus uh special show which it, like for the last months we've seen like several shows like this we've seen like big true road we've seen other like the bash of the breweries all that stuff none of them have ever really felt relevant sometimes they do have builds during the impact episodes but they don't necessarily like nothing big happens and and this was the show where impact let you know that this type of show the special the impact plus special you need to pay attention because in this show we had two title changes and one in my opinion big debut and that that tells you that even though they may not be like pay-per-views and they may not be like the big deal this shows do matter i do fear that they are just going to go back into the 12 month pay-per-view circuit uh which i dread because that's that's more work for me uh but i i i I do like the idea that they're they're making these shows matter uh, because that's how you get people to to sign up to Impact Plus, and that is something that promotions like uh, you know like WWE or or AW or or New Japan Pro Wrestling have always failed to do. They don't make uh, their the B shows or the side shows matter like you don't see title changes on WWE house shows or on aw dark or on road to something something new japan shows and and so those tend to become just skippable like no one needs to care for them you wouldn't pay for them but impact here told you like hey like this impact plus specials they matter pay attention you know to them and so I, I I don't see the point in going like really deep into each match because they were like like I said like a lot of relevant stuff. But like like a quick rundown. Uh, Eddie Edwards defeated defeated Daivari. Daivari is here just doing a one off. He was at the Bound for Glory Collier Shot Gauntlet, and since Impact records a bunch of ta uh, tapings together up to this this show probably or even even like today's episode so they just had him there and they were like you want to do another match sure okay so eddie Edwards defeated daibari it was a nothing match uh in my opinion they've already had like way too much offense i wouldn't have given given him so much over eddie edwards but anyway whatever uh we had tenille dashwood and jordan grace defeat i mean get defeated by rosemary and tyler buckery as we know they are the the knockouts tag team title tournament started today as i am recording 
And the whole story between Jordan, uh, Jordan Grace and Tanil is that neither have been able to find a tag team. And so they finally decided, hey, let's try to do this thing together. And it came up to this match and it was the same problems that Dashwood doesn't really give a, a fuck about anyone other than himself, uh, herself. And so the, they obviously lost. And, and it led to them once again being teamless uh, heading into the tournament. Um, the match was meh. It was okay. Uh, like I've said before, Rosemary best does her best work when she is teaming with Taya. Taya is always fantastic. Jordan is always great. And Tennille, uh, while her wrestling may not always be great, her performances are fantastic. So it was, I gave it like a 2.5, but I found it like just like an okay fun match. It was more about the story than the wrestling at this point. Uh, we had Brian Myers defeat Swaggle. Uh, I think a lot of people could have seen this on paper and just think that it was just going to be trash. It was going to be comedy. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are wrong. This wasn't comedy at all. It was legit just a wrestling match. Um, I think a lot of people are not able to look past Swaggle's size. And so they're going to think that him hitting like a German, which he did. Uh, is going to be stupid, but I mean, he did it. It looked great. Um, the, the match saw Myers obviously be dominant for the for the whole match. Swaggle had a couple of hot spots. Like I said, he, he at one point hit a Rana. He at one point hit a German. And I mean, he looked okay. Uh, but at the end, Myers just was dominant and he won with a Lariat that he's been, he started to use. And that was it. It was... It was exactly what you would have expected. Uh, well, assuming you were not expecting a comedy match. So, honestly, I thought this was way better than I expected, for sure. I, I wasn't really sure what I was what I was going to watch. Uh, but I was surprised, and, and this was okay. I gave it a two, I gave it two stars, two and a half. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know, I was just pleasantly surprised by by swaggle's performance and by myers performance and and them deciding that just because swaggle is short doesn't mean he has to be a comedy uh wrestler you know so i enjoyed it uh the only thing here is that myers after the match kept attacking swaggle and so crazy steve came out for the save this is going to build into a match that happened on impact tv we had James Storm, the Cowboy James Storm. He came back uh, to team up with Chris Saban to defeat Triple XL with uh, Larry D and AC Romero. I I don't know what the plans are for Storm. Uh, if he's gonna be doing more shows, but I thought this this little James Storm Chris Saban team was was fun. If if anyone remembers, the Motor City Machine Guns and Beer Money have a long history together, and so. This kind of felt like the two guys that once hated each other like came up together, you know. And so it was, it was kind of fun, uh, but nothing special either. I, I thought Saban looked fantastic. Storm, Storm looked good, but he, at this point, he's not exactly like impressive. But Chris Saban was pretty good as a babyface in Pearl, and 
doing a comeback. And, and Triple XL, they're up and coming. I think Larry D is fantastic. I think AC Romero is okay. But Larry D is just fantastic. He he gives me like super old school like brawler vibes. And and so I really enjoy him. Uh uh they, they took the loss, but I can't imagine like they took the loss, but at the end they did attack um their way back into to dominance. So I don't know, like I, I think Triple XL has some bright lights ahead, uh especially with the with who the champions are gonna be after the show, so we'll we'll see where it goes. I the most the thing that I'm mostly uh curious about here is to see what's gonna happen with Storm and Saban. I wouldn't mind if Storm stays for like a quick run, maybe up until before like maybe just for December, like for that tapings, just to to get a a heel team over as the guys who defeated, you know, Saban and Storm, you know, like that type of, of story. If that is Triple XL, by all means, I would be happy for that. Uh, but I think there's something that you can do because otherwise Saban may as well just not be in the show until Shelly comes back uh, because there's no point in, in giving Saban a singles run at this point. Unless you want to have him chase Rohi Raju, which would be a terrible idea if TJP is the one doing it. So we'll, we'll see. I I don't know. I I can't imagine Storm's going to be doing tapings, but we'll see where it goes. Anyway, uh, we had the X Division Championship defeat Rohi Challenge. Rohi Raju defeated Cousin Jake. This was pretty good. Uh, for once, Rohit didn't like had to cheat that much. He pretty much won cleanly, and that was great because Rohit is a great wrestler, and I hate that he like becomes just like your typical chicken shit heel. And so finally, he got like a good match. Uh, Jake, Jake on the Indies is Jake something, and Rohit Raju is hecking same. They've probably fought each other before. I I didn't really check their history. But they've probably wrestled before many, many times, especially like in the Northeast. And so they did seem pretty comfortable with each other here. Uh, Rohi won with a running knee, which I've said Rohi has some of the best looking knees in the business right now. But like the big thing happening here was that after the match, Eric Young and motherfucking Joe Doring from All Japan Pro Wrestling came down and beat them up. Well, beat up the Deaners. Um, and Joe looks great. He's lost a lot of weight from the last time I saw him in, in all Japan. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm guessing Joe's going to stay here until he can travel safely to Japan and, and back. He live. I think he lives in Canada. And so he may, it may be easier for him to just do like impact right now. Uh, but I thought, this is a really, really interesting backup for Eric Young. I'm surprised that Eric Young is going to build a team. I, I'm not going to say that it's Team Canada. <laughs> I would love for it, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see also where that goes because uh, I suspect that Hard to Kill is going to be Swan and Moose. And so there is a chance that... 
Eric Young and, and, and Doring may chase the tag titles. It, it's hard to anticipate at this point what's going to happen with them at Hard to Kill. But so far, the only thing you need to know is that Joe fucking Doring is on impact. So, man, that, that is something that is worth watching. Uh, next up, we had Moose defeating Willie Mack. This, uh, in my opinion, was like a nothing match. But it may have been my favorite performance of Willie Mack maybe in the last two years. And that's mostly because Moose beat the shit out of him. Like, Moose was completely dominant. He he had control for the most match. Uh, I would have called it a squash, but Willie Mack did have like a hope, like, uh, like a little comeback that eventually led to nothing. But uh, I guess the comeback was long enough to like not warrant a uh, squash rating. But other than that, like it was just Moose being fantastic because Moose is fantastic. His ever since he he came off that EC3 feud, he does have the killer instinct in him, and he's been looking amazing. They're obviously building to Moose versus Rich Swan, uh, which I think has so much potential and and going over Willie Mack is just like a stepping stone an obvious stepping stone in any story with uh, Rich Swan, I guess at this point next up we had uh, well the, the next three matches are title matches the first one was the Impact Tag Team Championship match the North defending against the Good Brothers and the Good Brothers as expected as I've been saying for the last month, won the titles. I, 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 I thought the match was okay. I give it a three point five stars. Uh, everyone worked well, but I just find the Good Brothers to be pretty boring. So to me, this match was more about the North just being fantastic, fantastic wrestlers. Uh, obviously Anderson is pretty good and he can do like pretty good things with Josh Alexander, especially, but I mean, not much here because it's a tag team. Uh, and the match was like nothing special. It was just like, uh, Anderson getting cut off. Gallows, Gallows had the hot tag. And then like the rest of the match was like the, the usual tornado tag spots, like all over the place. And, and that was it. Um, Good Brothers won with Match Killer on page, which was, I mean, okay. So at this point, I don't know what's going to happen with the North. I'm, they're probably going to get their, their rematch clause in the next uh, one or two impacts. Maybe it will happen at Final Resolution, which takes place early December. But that's it. I, uh, uh, I guess they have to take a, a step aside to let other teams chase the Good Brothers, which I just hope they have something good set up for the North. They are one of the best tag teams in the world. Like, no joke. And we, like we just saw the Rascals leave Impact and it would like... It would be heartbreaking for me to see the North leave, especially if they go to the corporation. But I don't know. Like, if it's the time for the North to go somewhere, I I think 
give me North versus FTR. Give me the North versus the Bucks. Yes, I am ready for that. But um, I don't know. Like I am, I am kind of curious to see where the North is gonna go after they finalize their rematch clause. Because obviously, the Good Brothers are likely going to keep the titles for a while. Uh, if they're not in Japan right now, then we know they're not gonna be going to Japan for a while. <laughs> uh, so. We know they're gonna have the titles for for a couple of at least months, I think. So we'll, we'll see what happens with the North. Um, hopefully, everything will be okay. Anyway, let's continue on to the Knockouts Championship. Anything goes match between Su Young, the champion, and Diana Parasso. Um, the the one thing that I took out of this match is that with this title change, because Diana defeated Su Young, uh, Impact has completed. The damage control that came from Bound for Glory. Like like I've said, they 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 taped Bound for Glory. Well, Bound for Glory took place, and then they taped a couple of shows like in the next week. And so, when they made the title change, they probably didn't know the the status of Kylie Ray, and so they had to act on the spot. Within the next days, they probably figure out what's gonna happen, and so. That is, in my opinion, why Su Young had like a couple of weeks worth of a title run, and the title is backed where it belongs with uh, Deona Parasso. and and I think that's it. That's the that's the experiment. I they are gonna be feuding still. Uh, don't get me wrong, but Parasso like has a title again, and I think Impact by this point they had enough time to figure out. Like where the title is gonna go in the next couple of of months, especially going into into Hard to Kill. Like at this point, I have no idea what's gonna happen at the Hard to Kill with this title. They they don't really have a worthy challenger because like the next in line would have to be Jordan Grace. And she already lost to Diona like a couple of times. She doesn't have a strong record against Tanil. And and Jordan Grace is, is gonna be working the, the knockouts tag team tournament with a high potential of winning. And so I don't know who could chase Diana Parasso towards Hard to Kill. We do have a couple of names debuting for impact for the tournament. Uh, especially one Killer Kelly, which in my opinion could be a fantastic, amazing, just gorgeous, wonderful, awesome feud with Diana Parasso at Hard to Kill. I am crossing every finger that I can so that Killer Kelly start uh, like stays with Impact at least until Hard to Kill for that feud. There's so much, so much potential, but we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, this match, I thought it was okay. Um, I didn't think it was. I, I thought it was better than the Bound for Glory match, but then again, the Bound for Glory match was improvised, like minutes before it started. Uh, this one, I I've said before that I haven't been a fan of weapon matches during the pandemic, but and and yeah, like this wasn't any different. I really, really liked when Parasso was just doing technical wrestling to hurt Young. Uh, 
uh, instead of uh, using weapons, but uh, like she ended up using weapons too, and that was it. Like I guess the 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 only thing that I, like really worth mentioning here is Purasa at the end did look really really dominant. Uh, she locked the Benos de Milo and Young uh, with a share on her head and just trying to like I guess have her like she couldn't tap out just to have her uh i guess i don't know like go out <laughs> uh which she didn't and then she debuted a uh, god style pal driver which she's calling the cosa nostra to win and so if anything else like purasa looked really really strong kimberly never showed up and this was in a way like sue young's type of match and so I don't know, like a strong performance by Purasso, like this really, really cements her as the the one champion in the company. So so good for her. Like I said, Su Young's still gonna like probably go back after her for a while. Mm, we'll see where it goes. I can't imagine Young regains the title at this point. And finally we had Rich Swan defending the Impact Championship against Sammy Callahan. These two have a long history together, but the one thing that I can say is that now that Swan is the champion, he was given like the chance, I guess, to to have a better, stronger performance, because this time he cannot just be like the the underdog. At this point, he is a champion, and so it was pretty good. Callahan worked over Swan's leg pretty much from the strat, uh, from the start of the match. Uh, he brought out the stretch muffler to play uh, because I can't remember the last time I saw Callahan use the stretch muffler as his main weapon in a match, but it was pretty good. Uh, it was the usual like Swan made a comeback. Callahan like came close to winning, so Shamrock came down to interfere. Eddie Edwards stopped Shamrock, and then Swan just like went crazy spamming super kicks on Callahan until he won because Swan. Like he has started using this like shotgun super kick. Um, I don't think it looks good in my opinion, but um, he's he won this match and he's won some other stuff with it. So I think it's going to be it. It may be a matter of like the injury that Swan had has caused him to like ease up on on using the like the phoenix splash and all that stuff or maybe he still wants to keep that stuff for bigger matches i don't know but yeah he's using this like little shotgun super kick so overall i thought it was like a mesh show that's not something that you need to go out of your way to watch if you are looking for work rate but like i said uh two big title changes one big debut and and i think uh that's like that was just relevant enough for me to want to watch the show but um, yeah, like I said, like work rate, don't expect much. It was a completely missable show. But uh, the whole reason I also wanted to talk about the show is because a lot of it leads into tonight's episode of Impact, which unfortunately is the farewell to the Rascals, Desmond Xavier, Zachary Wentz, and Trey Miguel. They are about to to join that corporation that treats you like shit. It's up to them. I, I can't control them. If I could, they wouldn't. But uh, there's not much that we can do. But 
the show open uh, with a rematch uh, where Moose once again defeated Willie Mack. This was a no DQ match, which didn't really matter because there was like nothing, no DQ-ish. There was no weapons or anything like that. It was just straight up again. Moose beating the shit out of Willie Mack. I do have to say that Willie Mack was way more, um, I can't say like motivated and dominant. But once Moose caught him off, like it was just Moose beating the shit out of him. And and once again, he, he keeps saying like, hey, Rich Swan, this is what pain looks like. And, and so we know that is coming. They haven't like, uh, they hadn't hit the trigger yet on it, but we know it's coming. So overall, it was good. Like the match itself wasn't like particularly anything special. Um, but it is Moose beating the shit out of someone. So that's always enjoyable for me. Uh, and and like with this, like it's now been two back to back dominant wins over Mac. I have to imagine that this thing is done, and so it, I it has to be coming. Like I, I don't know exactly how they're gonna do it because right now Swan is fighting this whole like Callahan and Shamrock and Chris Bay thing, but at what point they have to insert Moose in there? Maybe we'll get a little bit of Moose versus Eddie Edwards. I don't know. But um, we know it's just a matter of time. Uh, We had one final Treehouse skit with the Rascals. It was just pretty much remembering some of their best moments in the Treehouse. Uh, With this thing, it started to feel emotional. Uh, It's so weird because... We we see people come and go from from promotions all the time, especially Impact. But these guys really seem to be like enjoying themselves here. It's probably just a matter of money. So, but like they they, they seem like oh man, like th- this 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 felt emotional. Uh, the whole I'm just gonna sum up the whole Bravo investigation because it's just like pure shit. But the only uh, development right now is that on Turning Point, the Deaners found a gun in Johnny Swinger's fanny pack. And so they came to Dreamer. They told him later on, Dreamer is interrogating Swinger. He finds the gun. And so next week, we are going to have wrestlers court with uh, Johnny Swinger versus the boys. Wrestlers court has been good before on impact so there's a chance that's going to be good but this whole investigation has been just a pile of turd it's been bad uh so that's why i'm just like summarizing and skipping the whole thing because it's it's really uh but uh next up we had suicide versus a, a dude called geo this didn't even start because Eric Young and Joe Doring came down and beat the shit out of them. And I was kind of hoping, I was expecting Eric Young to cut a promo, like introducing Joe Doring and putting him over. But the only thing he says is like, hey, Impact, like this rampage is your fault because you interfere with my plans and the world belongs to them and blah, blah, blah. I thought this was... Uh, a failed opportunity to to really put Joe over. Like commentary did constantly bring up that Joe Doring is like 
he's a part of all japan and he's a former uh, triple crown champion and another thing like commentary is doing their work i just thought that ey should have put over joe doring in like in the ring with his own words i thought that was a, a fail in in that sense uh we had diana Purasso and kimberly get interviewed by gm miller this was mostly like i mean saying they're happy for winning the title and saying they're gonna go for the tag titles the whole thing was to set up a little like um like the the lights went all crazy and when they came back there was a, a message in the mirror saying next week your time has come which obviously means that Sue Young is not done with with Diana. Uh, I mean, like I said, we'll see where it goes. I can't expect Sue Young to regain the title, so this may just be like filler for Porasso until the new contender, you know, steps up to the plate. We had this was another Eric Young and Joe Doring beat up. They this time they beat up Rhino and Heath. Prior to that, he just told Rhino that he was going to be rehabbing with Rich Swan's doctor. And that was it, like, uh, like completely irrelevant. This was just about, like, Rhino actually tried to confront Eric Young and Joe Doring. But uh, they just beat him up and then they beat up Heath. So, yeah, it's more, uh, it's more of this, like, just rampage they're going to be probably doing for the next week. Uh, we have Brian Myers defeats Crazy Steve. As we know, in Turning Point, Crazy Steve saves Swaggle from Brian Myers. And so now they have the match. Uh, this was a nothing match. Uh, the the story for what it was, was that Brian Myers was getting annoyed that Crazy Steve like was so wacky and unorthodox. And Brian Myers wanted to have like a legit uh, wrestling match, which he didn't. <laughs> so I mean whatever but at the end Brian Myers did win with his lariat so if anything else at least Brian Myers is starting to get some wins I don't know where this is gonna go um, I can't expect Myers to contend for any title so I don't know where he's going but he's there and he's doing okay like the whole professional wrestler gimmick is working for him Mm, but he's probably just going to be feuding with with the the wacky characters of of impact so i mean if he's happy i guess it's okay <laughs> uh we had the first uh first round match for the knockout stack team championship tournament we are going to have only one match per show it seems so that will take us all the way to hard to kill this was havoc and nevada defeating Tennille dashwood and alicia edwards so what happened here is that Dashwood and Alicia decided to be a team at a turning point. It was completely irrelevant. It was the same story where Dashwood is doing pretty good in the match, but until like once things get difficult, she tacks out and she just completely ignores her partner and lets them to die because she's just taking photographs and whatever and doesn't want to get hurt. So it was uh, an easy win for Havoc and Avea. Like, really? Uh, the match was nothing special. I thought, I, I thought Alicia looked better than usual, but that's not saying much. Alicia's not particularly that good. And and so that was it. Um, Havoc and Avea are going to advance, and they're going to be facing the winners of the Killer Kelly and Renee Michelle versus Jordan Grace and the Mystery Partner match. Unfortunately, I can't imagine that Jordan Grace is going to lose... <laughs> 
when she's like bringing someone like a mystery partner. But uh, I wouldn't mind if that frees up Killer Kelly for you know some some singles uh, storylines. And Renee Michelle is a surprise. Uh, as we know, she is the wife of rock star Spud, uh, Drake Maverick, I think he's called. I don't even remember. But uh, so I found it surprising that she's on, on doing an impact show. But I don't know. Like I, I, I think she. I mean, she's beautiful. I don't have to mention that. But uh, I think she could be like a really, really good mouthpiece for someone. I I don't know if she's going to be staying. I can't imagine she is. But uh, other than that, like, I, I'm just happy for Killer Kelly, to be honest. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Anyway, uh, this thing did lead to seeing... We saw Jordan Grace backstage talking to someone on the phone. And she's pretty much saying, like, hey, so thank you for, for being my tag team partner. And the, the thing here is she dropped the, the, the word saying, like, once you said you were going to retire, I knew I had to call you. And the way that I read that is they're hinting Kylie Ray. I don't think it's Kylie Ray. Uh, so we'll see who it is. I, I don't like that they, they dropped this thing, uh, especially if they think they're going to like hint Kylie Ray. I think it's maybe a little bit bad taste but it's not necessarily i mean it, that's in my head it's not necessarily what they're going for when i think retirement right now the only people that i can think of is when it comes to impact obviously it's gail kim odb or lufisto for some reason, I'm thinking Lufisto. <laughs> uh, it's those three names that came to my head when I when I saw that spot. I wouldn't be surprised if it's either of them. I think they would all they all have something, I guess, that could like complement Jordan Grace and vice versa. So we'll we'll see where it goes. If it's a lackluster mystery partner. I'm guessing that Jordan's not going to make it to the finals. If it's someone, I don't know if it's someone that's it's here to stay with me for a while, then I, I can see Jordan Grace making the finals. You know, we had Hernandez defeat Falaba, another nothing match. Um, as we've known, this feud has been going like maybe for a month or more about the stupid money roll. I am completely done with this. I uh, I thought this this has made Falabad digress into a comedy like joke, and Hernandez has been pretty meh since his return. I mean, Hernandez is really meh nowadays, especially when you don't have Homicide or Eddie Kingston or even Conan to like to back you up. But uh, I thought the match was actually better than i expected i guess which is like like i expected a one-star match i got a two-star match uh because hernandez did look slightly better i i guess since ba is pretty big like hernandez was able to like really really like push himself and ba like for the first time in months he he wasn't just like doing comedy so i guess that's as good as it can get um 
but I said, like, there was nothing to this match. I'm hoping that this is the end. But as we know from last week, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles are in position of the money, which could mean that it's over because they spent the money. Or it could mean that this is not over because now Hernandez has to chase them and Ba has to chase them. So I am hoping it's the, the former and this is just over. I, I honestly don't want to see Hernandez back unless he is going to be doing something better. And working better and Falaba. Uh, Falaba has potential, but if he's just gonna be doing comedy, like he's not gonna go anywhere. So I don't know. Like he had so much he looked so good when he was tagged in with TJP and now he's just back to being like the the comedy clown. Anyway, we had a we had a skit with Scott Damore and TJP. It was pretty much Scott Damore like telling TJP to to wrestle Rohiraju with a different name, uh, in in a mask. We we obviously expected this, and I was kind of annoyed as how Scott Damore like had to pretty much like explain it to TJP. I thought it was obvious. Uh, this felt like unnecessary filler. I think TJP should have just done this by himself. But then again, TJP doesn't doesn't seem to be the smartest guy in the world. Uh, we had the skit, a skit that ha- that set up between well, it was Carl Anderson and, and Luke and Doc Gallows and Scott Demore like talking. Then Ethan Page came in and he requested his his rematch. Like it was just perfect. And then obviously Anderson and Gallows, uh, their gimmick is to be uh, dicks. They said that Paige should wrestle someone of their choosing before they can get the title shot. Paige was like, okay, sure, whatever. I'll I'll wrestle whoever you want. And Anderson and Gallows were hinting that's going to be a phenomenal one. And and so obviously like supposed to be at your styles, but it's obviously not going to be like, I don't know who it's going to be. But uh we are probably gonna get that match next week since they since it's supposed to be like a mystery, like they're not gonna announce this match probably until next week, like early next week. We finally had the main event, which was the Rascals farewell match. This was Rich Swan and Trey Miguel teaming up against uh, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wins. This was just uh it was a celebration to the rascals and and Swan just happened to be there. The match was was all about uh, showcasing the rascal spots and and having Trey pair up against Wentz and then against Savior and having Swan pair up against Savior and then Wentz. And, and it was just fun. Um, we we got to see the hot fire flame twice. One times uh, the pin was broken, and the, and the second time it was cut off before they could uh, capitalize. And and it was just fun. Like the the match itself was just spots, 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 spot. Obviously, it was all just like baby faces fighting baby faces. So it was just like a bunch of spots. Uh, I can tell you that Swan won with his shotgun super kick on on, on Xavier, but. 
the thing that really, really, really made a difference to me in this match was the way commentary put over the rascals on their way out. We are so accustomed uh, at this point, mainly on, on New Japan and most definitely WWE, that if you are leaving the company, even if it's on good terms, they are they're not just going to like have you do the job, which in this case, the rascals did. But they're like, for the most part, they're going to bury you. They're going to try to lower your your value, your standing, because probably like, especially like WWE, like New Japan will, you should, New Japan will make you lose put, to put someone over. And that's about it. But we see it in WWE that if you're leaving the company, you are going to be buried for the last weeks before you leave. And they're going to make fun of you. And in the case of like some wrestlers that we've seen in the past, you know, Lita with the whole uh, crime time uh, thing that happened. And every time someone gets thrown in a trash or like in a gravy truck or whatever, people leaving that company, like you get buried. And in this case, it was just like so nice to see commentary tell you how great the rascals are and what they meant to the company and how the company helped them and and how it was just like how there's like so much positiveness between wrestlers working there and and now they're they're leaving and they're going to like somewhere else you know whatever like they didn't really say they're going to another company but they they really they really put them over and it was just fun like they they really celebrated that a promotion and wrestlers can have a successful relationship and and that that relationship can end and it doesn't mean that they go to shit or or whatever you know like it's just the end and that's okay and maybe they'll come back and maybe not but we remember them and even though they're gonna like make the job like do the job for, for swan the champion like they still got to show off really good and and we've seen this with we saw it with Penta and Phoenix, we saw it with Santana and Ortiz. Like Impact is not afraid to make the guys leaving the company look great, and and it, and this one was was really good because these guys being baby faces, it was really really emotional. Like after the match, like both three guys and kind of Swan were just like heartbroken in the ring. They were crying, like especially Trey Miguel was just like eyeballing. And it was really emotional to see them and and there was a, an angle afterwards but it was afterwards it was backstage like in the ring they got to celebrate together they all put their jackets on the, on, on the ropes and then left and and they had a couple of minutes to celebrate and it was just great backstage uh, we did see Sammy Callahan and Kevin Shamrock attack them but they mostly attacked Rich Swan because we are having Shamrock versus Swan next week and they just happened to be there, but it it was nice. It wasn't a burial. It was just like a celebration, you know. And it, if anything else, it just made me feel really, really good. I I, I was emotional because I am gonna miss these guys. Uh, if they go to the corporation, I am not gonna follow them. I am sorry, but it was really, really nice. And and that was it for Impact. And and that's how they close the show with a great, good, heartfelt farewell. And I, I thought it was a 
good show. Uh, I, I thought it was strong inside the ring, mainly because of the main event. And like, like I said, like Brian Myers, I think he looked good. Moose looked good. So I thought it was like strong-ish inside the ring. Storyline-wise, uh, it's really hard to say uh, because we do have final resolution coming up in about two or three weeks but hard to kill is still like several months ago like months to go and so we we are seeing hints but we're like nothing is set on paper right now so we'll we'll see where it goes but i thought it was a, a good show i think i think the main event was just just made the show worth it by itself you know um I, I really wasn't gonna miss the the final night of the rascals on impact it it was really really like their their presence and impact was always really really fun i got to see them live on impact tapings and it was just fun so well uh, well i'm sad to see them go but let's just hope the, that whatever they go they get used to their to their full capacity you know hopefully but that is going to be it for this week, uh, this week's episode. Like I said, it was there was a lot of things happening, but um, I think not a, not a lot of them were like that relevant. So we were able to really go into Impact this week and go into New Japan. Mm, I am going to try to watch Stardom, I promise. Uh, and and I really hope you uh, you got a chance to listen to the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling episode from last week. I ended up uh it ended up really emotional too. Um but uh it was a show that I really really liked and I, I really thought that it, it deserved a mini sode. If if you think if you thought that the mini sode uh version of the show was enjoyable, let me know and maybe we can do like mini version mini sodes for other type of shows, you know, like either something current or that doesn't really get coverage that much like an indie show or or something in Japan or even Mexico too if if I am able to find a link or if you want to like uh hear like old historic show uh reviews you know we can do mini-shows from that so so let me know in 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 Twitter drop me a line um and let's explore to see how we can how we can do the things you know but for for this week that is it um do you go to Spotify and iTunes to find the podcast, leave a review, five stars, uh, comment, whatever is available. Uh, I'm not even sure, but uh, go there. Go to DW Revolution on Twitter where I post like most updates, my comments and my current thoughts on how, man, how WWE hires some really, really stupid people. And... Go to DWrestlingRevolution.com if you want to read like the full, full-fledged description of the reviews uh, that I describe here. And for that matter, go to Figure4W Online, um, where I do the weekly impact recap shows. So without further ado, I think that is gonna be it for tonight, for today, for this week. And until next one. Have a pleasant good night and adios, my friends. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody.